Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Today we have a really special show. You know, it's one thing to be on one side of the radio microphone and be driving the interview. It's the other the other thing to turn the tables on a very famous radio personality and put him on the other side of the table. And each and every afternoon on WTBN, you got three hours of live radio. First, it starts at three o'clock with I Work For Him with Jim Brangenberg. That's me. But then you jump into two hours with Bill Bunkley, which you've been doing for almost a decade. And I've got Bill Bunkley on the other side of the table today. Going to share from his heart and the two of us are just going to kind of share from our hearts as we experience radio together on the same team. Bill Bunkley, welcome to I Work For Him. Jim, my pleasure. And let me tell you, my brother, what you are doing in your hour, especially when people, a lot of people spend more time in the workplace than they do at home. What a ministry, what an emphasis, and uh, I'm excited about what you're bringing to the Bay Area each and every afternoon. You know, it's been a lot of fun, and of course, you know my story. I, I never, ever dreamed I'd be on the radio. I never, ever thought that this Can would relate. be— <laughs> Yeah, the yeah, same thing happened to you. You were just minding your own business. You were doing right. your job, which is pretty much what I was doing. Amen. But but the good news is that there's no way we would achieve the success and the people listening to the radio if it wasn't God behind the whole deal, because there's no way— I mean, I, people tell me, Jim— you're like a natural on the radio. I'm like, really? That is the funniest thing you could say to me. But so, Bill, I really thought today would be fun for us to flesh 
flesh out who the real Bill Bunkley is. I believe you're real every every day. As I drive home back to the office every day after my show, I get to hear you're real. But not everybody knows everything about you. Although I know people mostly know about your wife. They hear about Zach on the on the air. But I want to flesh out a little bit because there may be people listening today at three o'clock that don't get to listen to you at four. Right. right. And, and maybe we can get them to be listening all afternoon. I thought that'd be kind right. of fun. Right. But start off with first. How is Jesus Christ making an impact in your life today? Well, let me just say, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. And um, uh, a lot of the things that happened in my life, if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, somebody would say it was accidental. Well, I know that it is a divine appointment. But I would just say that um, now, and again, next month will be my 10-year anniversary here at the Salem Media Group that uh, probably the most awesome thing is is remembering that when you get on a platform, it's not so much who I am here, it's who I am when I'm out and about in the community. And I think that uh, knowing that we are sometimes the only Bible or the only introduction to Jesus that someone might have, and uh, you know you don't want to be getting short in the uh, drive-through line. You don't want to get short in the supermarket because your testimony will go right out the window. So I, I would just say, being sincere, um, I certainly was not an English major. You can listen to my show and know that my diction just absolutely drives my English supporters out the window. Uh, but I think uh, what I bring to the table is uh, a sincerity of what I think the gospel is all about, and uh, a sincerity when it comes to the cultural wars because. Just like uh, many generations before us, we've got a civilization similar to Israel to where we're going our own way in the world and it's rebelliousness. And uh, there's a remnant that has to continue to gather together. And hopefully through your show, my show, Salem Media Group, others, we may have a one more great revival, one more opportunity for us to have a great awakening. And so that that's sort of what my um, micro and macro is all about. Well, and that's really one of the reasons why I, I said, OK, I'm going to do this. I understand that. You know, we're not attracting people to churches these days. 80% of the population of the United States isn't going to church on a regular basis, but they all go to work. And that's our opportunity, but we all need to be equipped then. Okay, how do we take the gospel to the workplace? How how can we be that representation of Christ and the scriptures that you talk about? And that's such a powerful message, but it is such a powerful responsibility. And you're right, because I drive up and down Elmerton every day and then cross the Howard Franklin twice. So my witness is tested for 45 minutes each way every day. And, and it's just, that's in my car. That's why I don't have eyewear cream on the side of my car. Maybe, do you have the Bill Bunkley on the side of your car? <laughs> no, I don't. No? <laughs> I try to keep my tires intact, because you never know. The things that I deal with, you never know yeah, where that's... some folks may take a little issue with that in the parking lot somewhere. Yeah, we don't get political on my show, but that's because you do on your show, and that's good. And I couldn't handle it as uh, judiciously as you do. We've got the great Bill Bunkley in the studio today. Bill and I share the airwaves here on uh, WTBN on every afternoon, every weekday afternoon from 3 to 6. You start with I Work For Him, and you go to Bill Bunkley for two hours from 4 to 6 every day. And Bill deals with the issues of the day. Bill, how did you get to that kind of a topic base because every day you're dealing your issues move i remember last uh, friday when we were no, last thursday you came back after the pastor's appreciation luncheon and the world changed while you were up on the stage mm. Mm. you know how do you how do you chase that moving target every day because politics and current events everything's moving all day long well good question jim and uh i have to keep things very loose in terms of what we in the business call show preparation and that is uh, in the morning. I give you a little idea what I do in my, in my morning routine. My morning routine is to get up, and uh, we get my nine-year-old up, and so I'm kind of uh, Mrs. Bunkley's doing a lot of the busy work with him. I get him up. I'm standing by to take him to school, so that's our very early morning deal. 
about the time I'm doing that, he's getting ready. I'm posting uh, my I do an I do a daily something to think about, mm-hmm. and so the station posts that in various social medias. I repost it on mine, so I'm kind of getting things reposted first. I run him to school, and if it's a good day where I don't have to go be outside of my home office, then I'm writing. I'm right every day. I write the one minute opinion piece, something to think about. And I got to tell you, it's challenging just to do one minute. Oh yeah, absolutely. I have two or three other publications I write for five, six hundred words. You know, I use Dragon Speak, just start dictating away. So, but to be concise in a minute. Boy, sometimes that's the worst thing in the morning. Get writer's cramp on your one-minute piece because sure, you're going to end up being two hours. Could take two hours really? to get it done. Oh, oh yes, <laughs> especially when it is a very sensitive issue, and each word needs to be crafted to where you're hitting the point. You know you're going to get criticized, but you want to be on point. And also knowing that I my opinion goes out to who knows how many people. It's a reflection of what we do here, and so I know that. I'm also a reflection of Barb Yoder and our staff. And so so that's what we do early in the morning. And then I am um, I'm pinning certain things for the possibility of the show. But I got to tell you that it's not till 3.30, 3.45 that uh, some of that, all that work may go out the window. I may be doing other things because I'm now checking to see what the Tribune's running online since 9 o'clock. What are the headlines since this morning? That's my last thought before I come on the air at four. And so um, I've had to uh, learn to be uh, very flexible and very focused. And uh, especially when we have, unfortunately, the live uh, shooting events or bombings or these type of things, we carry it live and we'll go to the national feeds when there's a press conference. And those are probably the most difficult because I always tell my audience what what we're talking about today probably is not going to be the facts once we know everything tomorrow, but like everybody else, we're processing that. So uh, I just say that it's been years of, uh, before coming to uh, Salem Media Group, years of being in the legislative process, dealing with issues to start with. So it's kind of dealing with the issues, but then being able to shift and then think on your feet and then take calls if it's a live deal and hopefully try and present the issue at least from a Christian worldview environment. Sometimes the Christian worldview takes a little while to even for me to pray through and process. Yeah, because you don't know. I mean, it, there are issues that are difficult issues, and it and you do. Sometimes you just need to fast and pray like, Lord, I just need to understand because there's nothing in the Scripture specifically about this. So let's take a step back. That's a good recap of your day, and I know it's very busy, and what you left out was all your work with the Florida Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. We're going to oh, get yeah. that in a second. Talk to me about what you do at home. You, you mentioned Zachary getting him ready in the morning, taking him to school. That's really cool. How long have you and your bride been married? 22 years. Uh, we just had our wedding anniversary just a few days ago. And I've got uh, another uh, <clears throat> date coming up this weekend. Yeah, I, that I understand I'm, there's a birthday coming up. Yeah, it's one of those milestones that uh, if I could go out of town for the day, I probably would. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> birthdays are br- – the unfortunate part is other people make a bigger deal about birthdays because I've got one of those milestone birthdays next year. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I've already yes. told everybody because Martha and I both celebrate turning – it's the same birthday that's a milestone and go. our 20 and our 30th wedding anniversary and our son turns 25 all within 14 days wow and well you know what that's good and bad no no we're all just going to go on a cruise somewhere we're you get it all done at one yeah, time right. you're back to work right <laughs> that's right it's crazy so what do you do for fun well what do you and mrs bunkley do well uh, we've been blessed uh tony has uh this is her 
third year, I think. Uh, she's uh, currently, I don't usually mention this on my show, but uh, she's with uh, United Airlines, and she was formerly with Continental until that merger came through a few years ago. So she is a very, uh, very intelligent, very senior management reservations person, and she works, uh, our, our given day is she works at home as well. So sometimes she's back in her office, I'm over in my office, and we're doing our thing during the morning. But um, if you were a, um, you know, all-star platinum global traveler for United, and after two people didn't satisfy you when you call in, then you get Mrs. Bunkley. So nice. she, she gets, uh, well, it's nice, but uh, let me just say that the travelers of the world are usually of a different world of view, using a little bit different language that you hear a lot in Boston and New York, if you understand what I'm saying. And so it's they pretty use stressful that language for her. here in Tampa, too. I heard it on especially, the road today. Well, well, especially when you go when they come to town to play. <laughs> uh, but, no, we, we do that. And, of course, yes, I'm president of the Florida Ethics Liberty Commission, which uh, uh, we, we transformed into that uh, three years ago. Uh, in fact, this is another anniversary. This would be my 20th year representing the primarily the Florida Baptist Convention, which is the arm of the Southern Baptist Convention here in Florida, uh, in Tallahassee. So it's been 20 years uh, that I will be representing a million Florida Baptists and 3,000 churches across Florida. And now we do that through the uh, uh, Ethics Commission. And, uh, and especially now with, with the legislature cranking up, it, it does keep me a little busy. And you notice I'm not saying much about what I do in my free time because Mrs. Bunkley would like to call in and tell you that I don't do a lot of free I knew time. where that was so, going to go. Yeah. Well, let's just have a little marriage talk right now, Bill. Did you know that there you, go. you don't, you, Zach is nine, you only have so many years with him, you've been married 22 years, as you said, you only get so much time and you're having that celebration this next weekend of a certain number of years. It is, life is short and, and Jesus always took a break. He, I mean, every night. Well, we take breaks. Let me just say this, that um, when your wife has full airline benefits, um, I don't want to go into where we've been because it would certainly sound like bragging, but there isn't many places in the world that we haven't been to. So, That's pretty so, neat. so we have gone, but we have we have really geared it back with Zach, and, and I do work a lot more out of the house. Uh, rather than being here during the day most of the time, I'm working at home. I'll come here about 3 or 3.30 3 to do the show. Not because I've just been out playing golf or anything. It's because it's, it's all been happening at home. So with me being at home, and then I've tried to cut back on a lot of mo- – most of the time I'm home after the show, not doing a lot of things after work. Uh, so being around with Zach, Zach's, I can say this, Zach is very much accomp- accustomed to having his mom and dad around. And like when mom takes off for the weekend to go see her sister, I mean, Zach's like, where's mom, where's mom? So he, we all have a great family. We're just not out doing a lot of things. Well, that's a, being a family. That's doing something. That's pretty cool. All right. So it, your your work with the Florida Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, which you said is a representation of the Florida Baptist Convention. What is that work focused on? I mean, you, rep, you said you're representing a million Baptists in Florida. So there's some Baptists you're not representing because they're not Southern Baptists, I imagine. Right. But you're really representing Christ followers in, in Florida. What is that work focused on? Well, let me give a, a quick commercial now before I go into that. And that is. The reason why we formed a commission, it is now uh, multi-denominational. It is not exclusive to the Florida Baptist Convention. It is uh, basically if uh, you are an evangelical fellowship, and many of those do not have any kind of organized representation in Tallahassee, we now will be, will be happy to talk to those churches and those pastors and let them be part of our family. 
and so so that's the, the how we're we're moving forward with with the with the uh, commission. What we do is this: uh, over two thousand bills are filed every year, and in each one just of those Florida. bills, just in Florida, this is the Florida House of Representatives and the Florida Senate. Now, what we do is we we analyze every bill. And what I mean by that is it's quite a task because on one hand, we do the regular computer searches, abortion, same-sex marriage, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then we make sure we see bills that way. But what I do is I read every uh, summary on all the bills that are filed, could be two, 2,200, because sometimes bills that would have a, a, a Christian worldview implication, they may not have the buzzwords in there. So people are very crafty today, and in a world where everybody talks about nobody reads the bills, the politicians, well, I read the bills because I want to know what's there. So we search those bills every day, and we're looking for things that have to do with abortion, uh, same-sex marriage, uh, uh, Christian schools, anything and everything. That's where we're the watchman on the wall in Tallahassee protecting Christian worldview to our Christians in Florida. We're talking today with Bill Bunkley. He hosts the Bill Bunkley Show. That's funny, isn't it? A show by his own name each and every day from 4 to 6 o'clock right here on WTBM. Hey, before we get back to Bill, though, a couple of thank yous out there. Thanks so much to Crown College. If you're looking for an online master's degree, you're looking for a way to get a biblical worldview in your MBA, whether it's for a for-profit MBA or a not-for-profit MBA, Crown College is who you need to talk to. You need to look them up online at crown.edu forward slash radio. And also thanks so much to Trust Trust Services. Each and every day they're working with small business owners, helping them with the problems of not enough time, not enough people, or just not the right skill set. Look them up online at servicesbytrust.com. Now we're talking with Bill Bunkley. Bill, you've been on the radio, as you said. Next month it'll be a decade, 10 mm. years. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up on... Two and a half years, 300, almost 400 shows. You oh. still have your sanity. Yeah, I still have my, does that mean I'm going to lose my sanity? No, you just got to watch out for it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep an eye on it. I, I, I Hopefully my <laughs> wife's looking out for it. Hopefully your wife's looking out for it. But I, I understand. I'm not sure what the show, when I'm on the air, I have a good time. It's the commute. For me, it's the commute back and forth. I, I just, that drives me crazy. Crossing that Howard Franklin Absolutely. every day. But, you know, we live in Florida and it's about ready to get worse. The traffic's about ready to get worse. So, you know, I guess we just need to be grateful that those people pay our taxes. Well, remember That's that Howard Franklin gives you and I our best customers most of the time. That's so right. They're stuck. That's right. There. They're so stuck. We get to be their friend in the car. When I leave here and head south over the Howard Franklin, all of your customers are lined up almost all the way to Pinellas County. Captive for, audience, for, man. For five miles, they have no choice. Captive audience. I love that. I love that. Yes. Hey, you've got a big uh, thing going. You guys right now, are you got a show today talking about raising money for the American Leprosy Mission. Tell me about that absolutely excited my good friend scott wilder is in he's a spokesperson for american leprosy he and i uh, he's a former uh, salem radio talk show host big gun when he was in dallas texas so he and i have traveled to uh amazon southeast asia vietnam or, or cambodia and so uh, he's in and so we're gonna do some work today we got an opportunity through the american leprosy folks for thirty dollars believe it or not thirty dollars will cure a youngster of leprosy and yes we're not talking about a disease that's back in the time of Moses in many of the very poor countries of the world. The same type of uh, people who are ostracized, who are part of leopard colonies and kids. The only good thing is very, very inexpensive cure. And I think we're going to try and uh, cure, I think, about 450 kids today. 
So we'll do that between the four to six hours. So it's a day of ministry. We do that two or three times a year. So, the, but the American leprosy mission's not I mean, we don't, leprosy's not a problem back in our country yet, is it? Well, it would be very easily treatable here. The idea is is to get these medicines and this protocol to these very remote regions Got because it. we can, especially for the young kids, if they don't get this thirty dollar cure. They can literally spend, they'll have a shorter lifespan, but whether it's 30 or 40, 45, 50 years, whatever, they're going to spend their whole life ostracized with leprosy. But yet we can take the team of doctors in with the protocol, and in 30 days, they're absolutely cured of leprosy. That's what we're going to be doing today because every soul counts. Oh, by the way, the gospel of Jesus Christ goes with this team when they go in, so we're we're meeting their immediate need like like Jesus did when he healed people, but we're also meeting their long-term eternal spiritual needs. You got on the radio, like you said, about 10 years ago, but you weren't looking to get on the radio either. You were just doing your job, innocently doing your job, and you got grabbed and said, hey, you should be on the radio. Talk about that story. Well, it goes back to uh, a young lady by the name of Terry Schiavo. And uh, Terry Schiavo was a young lady who... Uh, found herself uh, in what some would say is a vegetative state, and the whole idea about the right to life, not on the, the, the beginning of life, but at the end of life in her situation, uh, Terry Schiavo ended up being not only uh, a national issue, an international issue. Well, uh, she was uh, right here in Clearwater, Florida at a hospice, and uh, there was a conflict between her husband um, and her uh, natural family. Um, something happened in the home, and, um, of course, that's always still been controversial, and I'll just leave that at that. But anyway, she got herself into a, she was, she was found to be in a vegetative state, and then the doctors were bringing in the diagnosis of the fact that she would not recover, and so the husband wanted to take her off the, uh, the feeding tubes and the life support. And then you had the family who, because it was, it was food and water, not just, you know, a ventilator, they felt that uh, she need, her life needed to be uh, one that would be saved and continued on, and so there's where the, the, the fight came in. So what happened was the courts were involved, but then the legislature got involved. And to take our audience back, that was back when Jeb Bush was governor of the state of Florida, and uh, in the House of Representatives, a lot of folks, especially out in Plant City, you remember Johnny Bird when he was Speaker of the House. Well, I was performing my function as a legislative consultant to the Florida Baptist Convention. And because this was a life issue, and of course, uh, worked very close with Jeb, very close with the leadership, um, ended up, uh, got sent down here to just go myself, to then give a report back to the legislative leaders, just what was happening. So I came down and uh, met some, what would ended up being lifelong friendships. The Schindler family was her family, and uh, to this day, very close with Bobby Schindler and and his sister and his mom, his, his father has passed away uh, at this point, but um, ended up being the go-between. So while we're doing this thing with the go-between, our, some of our audience may remember that uh, we passed a law called Terry's Law in the Florida legislature because it was two or three rounds. This was the first round. And um, that night, while I was down here, um, I was down here, then I went back to Tallahassee, by the time I got back to Tallahassee, because I was going back and forth, the family called, I think it was on a Tuesday or Wednesday, and said, called me about 4 o'clock and said, if we don't get her some care right now, we don't know if she'll, in other words, if we don't put her back on the life support machine, we think she's going to die tonight. 
Well, when I gave that report to the Speaker of the House in Tallahassee, um, at 7.30 that night, he called the Florida House in for an unprecedented night session, passed Terry's law that night in the House, sent it to the Senate, signed by Jeb, went in the law. It was while I was down here going back and forth that the previous general manager for Salem Radio, Chris Gould, had his folks over there covering it, and they want to know who this guy was in this this regular Tallahassee-looking suit going in and out of where the family was located at a strip center across from where she was uh, receiving her care and uh, did a couple interviews. And then uh, I guess you could say we danced for a couple of years as he was trying to encourage me that I ought to do talk radio, and I was encouraging to him I was not called to talk radio. And so <laughs> and he's, ten very, years later, he's very was persistent. Right. Well, he was very persistent. And uh, even today, I pain at listening to myself on the radio, but those early shows were just horribly, yeah, horribly I, bad. Horribly I can't bad. go back and look at my early, listen to my yeah, early shows. Yeah, yeah it's painful. It. it is. I don't it, even it, know why It's easier to walk the plank. It is. I think <laughs> poking your eyes out with really hot pokers, <clears throat> things like that. Yeah. It, but that's why, that's how I'm here. I mean, I, I um, people will ask me, Jim, hey, I think I might get it real. Tell me how you did it. And I'll say, you don't want to talk to me because. Or me. I thought I was being trained to either be in public office or do the lobbying part. I never knew that God was trained for this. And that's what I tell young people and others, you know, be obedient to the doors that are open for you. Learn what God wants to teach you. Because with me, I had no idea he was training me to do something I had no idea that I'd be a part of. And that's what faith is all about, Jim, is just walking in faith, go through the open doors, accept the closed doors, and know that he has a perfect plan for you. And I still think he has more of a plan for me. I just don't know what it is yet. It's just trying to be faithful and obedient. Well, I would say that obedience is, is such a big word there because, you know, you weren't looking for radio. I wasn't looking for radio. And people do. People ask me, well, how'd you get on radio? I'm like, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I just was doing what I was really good at, which was speaking. I was speaking at the last event before the Christian Chamber of Commerce launched about five ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. That was all mine, and I just, it's because that's what my heart and passion is. Just like your heart and passion are these issues having to do with life and, and really the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission that, you're in, that you are the president of just represents all those issues that are really a concern for Christ followers here in Tampa or here in Florida. Thanks for tuning in. I'm hoping something that Bill and I are talking about will inspire you to look Amen. deeper at your faith and to recognize that, listen, you got two guys serving you on the radio, but it's just something that God called us to. God, wherever you're at, God has called you there and Amen. your mission is important. Whether And you can do you whatever you are doing. You can do it for the glory of the Lord, whether it is washing dishes or you know, washing down horses, or maybe you're a window washer, a skyscraper window washer, or maybe you're a street sweeper, or maybe you lay down buildings and, uh, well, you blow up buildings, whatever it is you may do, you can do it all with excellence to the glory of God. And really, that's what Bill and I try to do each and every day on the radio. And I'm trying to let you see the, the other side of Bill Bunkley, because he's always in control of the interview, and I'm, I'm not quite sure I feel in control of this interview, but he's always in control <laughs> yes, of the interview, are, yes, and so it's, so it's nice... I was just joking, Bill. Uh, it's just nice for people to see the other side of the personality because Bill's not a personality. He's just a real guy out there just letting us know the biblical worldview of today's current events. So, Bill, I've got this I've got this politics question for you because this is something where I listen to a lot of talk radio, always have since I was a little kid, and this whole Speaker of the House thing, regardless of what's going on in the presidential politics, 
okay, you've got a Speaker of the House who resigned, and I'm not going to say whether I'm happy about it or not, but I think it was time for change. And you've got you've you've got a guy that was the natural shoe in for it, and things have radically changed. Uh, well, last Thursday, Kevin McCarthy says, "No, nah, I'm 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 backing away from it." What happened? And is it true? This I'm not sure if you know the answer. Is it true that the Speaker of the House does not have to be an elected representative? of the House of Representatives. Yes, I was just listening. I'll take your last question first. I was just listening to uh, former Speaker Newt Gingrich and his wife, Calypso, 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 not Calypso. His wife. His wife. Um, we're both on a Fox News program because they both wrote new books, and his name has come up to be Speaker. You could be Speaker, Jim. You don't have to be a member of the Congress. I can be the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives. That's probably, You'd be more qualified that, that, than I would. That's probably not going to happen. Probably not. But inside. But inside. Now, what happened was you have, um, you know, it used to be we had liberal and conservative. Then we had Democrat, Republican. Now we got a fight in the Democratic Party between the socialists and, and the progressives and the moderates and the Bernie Sanders group. And then you've got this, this, this 40 Freedom Caucus people who are led by one of our, a lot of the Christian folk, who are really walk-to-walk Christians in the U.S. Congress, U.S. House, are part of the Freedom Caucus, and Daniel Webster would be just a name to, to pray for. Uh, his name is in the hat to be a speaker. He was former speaker here in Florida when we worked with him in Florida, Florida senator. Uh, and so what you had, Ed, you had, here's, here's what the issue is, and it's not even political. A lot of folks have been elected to office on the conservative side in the last couple of years. They're, they're, they're newbies. Well, they were elected to go do something. Maybe it's about Obamacare, maybe it's about immigration, whatever. Well, what has happened is they want to go and they want to vote. But the leadership, more of what you hear, the establishment, well, they know that they're not going to get it done to Senate. Obama's going to veto it. So we're just not going to go through the motions. There is where the rub is. The new folks want to send it up, veto it, send it down. So we have. So Boehner has been fighting this for a long time. What happened was he's been trying to get the Pope here. He's a very devout Catholic, and the, the speaker who resigned wanted to get the Pope here, finally got the Pope here, and the day after the Pope's plane took off, headed back to uh, the Vatican, he resigned the next day. So many of us who are observers said, you know what, he, this was a very special thing to him, and he was done. Then Mr. McCarthy, who was going to be the next in line was his assistant, was sort of tooling along. Many people thought that he was less conservative than the speaker, so it was a little bit of a problem. And then I'll go into detail, but he basically went on uh, one of the Fox News programs, said something very, very horribly idiotic, and stuck his foot in the mouth and basically uh, alerted that they got even with Hillary Clinton. And so he's gone. Hillary's revitalized. She was king of the hill last night in debates. And so you have a whole new paradigm than what we had two weeks ago and the entire investigation on her emails and Benghazi, again, just talking the non-political thing, who knows where, they're, where, they're, where those are going to go now if uh, the political establishment can say it's all political and doesn't matter. So let's just say a mess that could have been avoided, but that's my world. I'm glad it's your world and not my world. It is. I, I've had a couple of politicians on my show, and I think we've had we've had some of the same ones. But what is what is frustrating? Because I always thought I wanted to be a senator. I always thought I told my kids, I said, when you graduate from high school and you're out of the house, I want to run for political office. I want to be a senator. 
but I studied it. I studied it from the time I got it, really, from the time I was in high school all the way till my kids graduating from high school four years ago, five years ago. And I'm like, no, I've never seen anybody go to Washington and not get screwed up. I mean, they all get sucked into the world that we all, the problem we call Washington, D.C. I'm like, why do I think I'd be any different? It's the club. It's the club. When you get there, it's a big, wh- whether it's the United States Congress or the Senate, it becomes a club. And I liken it to the WWE. Not that any of our Christian listeners ever watch professional wrestling I'm on sure TV. I'm sure they do. But the WWE, man, just like one of the Republican candidates, I'm me, I'm rah, 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 reminds me of Hulk Hogan. Everybody knows Hulk Hogan. Well, you got, you got the same thing in D.C. They get up there and they take their respective places, they yell at each other, and then you see them out at, at night and they're all at the same restaurant, back slapping. It's the club. Let me just say this in 10 seconds. There are some some very dedicated Christians who do it and do it well. You might not hear a lot about them because when you do it well, you're usually not the one that's heading up a lot of major committees where you're compromising and half-truths, but they are there, and we you just need to pray for them because God knows who they are. Well, and that was one of the things about politics. I never realized that you know politics, the whole— the idea behind politics, number one, you can't legislate morality. Never thought about that. That was a good thing for me to learn. But that politicians have to compromise. <laughs> I don't like to compromise. Everything is compromise. I don't know way I'm ever going to compromise. Hey, you know, And then you got to come home and tell your folks at church why you went half-baked and not full-baked, and then they think that you're a sellout. That's, what our, that's why I always encourage our folks to pray for really our dedicated Christian public officials. It is one of the hardest, hardest assignments on the earth. It is. It's a tough, tough assignment. But let's talk about an assignment that's an easy assignment, Bill. You and I, each and every day, from Tuesday to Friday, share a common assignment. We share the assignment of finding Ace Andrews a bride. You know, as, as I'm working he, on it, man. I'm working real deep. I'm going deep in the well, and I'm glad you brought that up because well, I think I the whole, the whole team is on this. Yes, yes. He's, uh, I'll tell you what, he's one of the most eligible bachelors anywhere uh, in terms of uh, the Christian ladies that are out there and uh, has a heart of gold. And uh, I tell you what, when I think about the fact that God has already got his bride, I believe his bride, you know, obviously she, he's not marrying somebody 26 years younger than he is, so she's alive <laughs> and she's out sure. there. And and he knows who she is. We just got to help, help Ace along to figure out what that is. So, Ace, you got a team effort here. Just want to let you know. And... Uh, we just want you to find the right woman for you, and maybe someday she'll be a caller, Ace. That's right. Maybe she'll be a caller. Maybe she'll he's join the show. He's gotten some calls. No, he's gotten a couple of moms and grandmoms. Is that true? No, actually, yeah. Come on. Yeah, it was. It Come was on. one. All right. So Come one on. time, I'll tell this real quick. Profession is good yeah. for the soul, bad for the <laughs> reputation. Come on. One time, Bill does his usual <laughs> advertising, and somebody calls in, and this is how, this is how this is how I I basically start off the call when somebody calls. I go, "Thank you for calling the Bill Bunkley Show. Uh, can I have your name?" And they go, yeah, how tall are you? Yeah, there's one, how tall are you? <laughs> and I wait, what? And he said, yeah, how tall are you? And I said, oh, I'm like, you know, and I told him how tall I was. They how said, tall are you? Uh, I'm 5'10", 5'11". Okay. That's the right height, just the right height, ladies. Right. And <laughs> No, well, apparently it wasn't the right height for this person. They said, well, my granddaughter's a volleyball player. She's 6'4", so you're too short for her. And then they hung up no, on the me. The tall girls always marry the short guys. I thought that's what it was. I, I guess. Uh, but, I don't but, know. But, Ace, we do appreciate you. Don't go away. We appreciate you, and we're giving you a hard time right now. But it's fun <laughs> to have a hard time. You're part of the team, and, and each and every day you're, you're, you're balancing the callers and you're balancing us and people, you know, guests coming in and out of the show and in and out of the studio. You do a great job, and, and a woman will be very— very lucky to 
to someday uh, land your hand in marriage. That's that's for sure. Well, I, I thank you. I really appreciate that. And now I got to go hide my face because it's probably about as red as a hot tamale right now. <laughs> Well, just make sure that we want to make sure that you do the proposal right here on the program. Absolutely. Oh, on my program. No pressure. On no my pressure. program. Oh, see, now, the, now you guys are fighting over it. Okay. Now, okay. now you know, well, Mrs. Bunk and I had that very special well, we spot between, where we did it. We want you to have that special spot right here. We could do it between 345 and 415, the whole thing. We'll, we'll share it together. There you go. That's what it, that's that's right. what it is. A joint broadcast simulcast. That would be, and we could, that'd be good. I like that. So if you'd like to call in and talk to Ace today. We'll call. stream the video too, Ace on one knee. How's that? <laughs> We need to stream video. We need to stream studio video. We got to work on that one. All right. So oh. listen, when you you have been you're out in the community, you know, so many people know Bill Bunkley. What is what's one thing you have seen consistently Christ followers in a workplace struggling with, and some advice you'd like to share with them? Well, you know, I was talking to Laurie Hill yesterday, and I know it's Laurie be, Hill's the president and CEO uh, of the Christian. Well, she's the CEO of the Christian Chamber of Commerce, Tampa Bay. Find them online at c3tb.org. And, uh, of course, I'm going to be hosting the iWork conference next week. But I know that she just had one of the sessions with the chamber folks talking about being an influencer. And I think the answer to your question is is to realize everywhere we go, we are an influencer. And you don't have to be on the radio or TV to be an influencer. Everywhere you go. And I want to tell you, I'm the first one at the head of the line. We are so programmed to be drive-through people, instant people. I want it and I want it now. And the slightest delay, we, you know, if we're in control enough not to say anything, it still comes out. Pastor I was with, uh, actually we spoke at his church a couple weeks ago. He, he Quick story, and I, I want you to think about this story. He's a pastor of a major church. You would know if I mentioned his name right here in the Bay Area. And so he goes into a supermarket and picks up two items, Jim. And as he's walking to pay for them, this lady comes screaming in with a cart with about 30, 40 items and jumps the 10-item line and jumps in front of him. So he's a pastor, so he kind of gets in. So she's taking her time, taking her time. He says, you know what? Two or three times, I almost said something, but I didn't. And when she got done, her ABT or EBT or whatever the welfare card deal was, it didn't work right. So it was about a 15-minute checkout or whatever, whatever it was. When he gets up to check out, the girl looks at him. Little lady goes, "Hey, pastor, it's good to see you." It was <laughs> one of the lay, one of the girls that was in his youth group. He didn't recognize her, and he said, "I was very close of just getting in the flesh, like everybody else." I got to tell you, it's easy for me to get in the flesh when I'm in a hurry, and so I just want to say to all of you, no matter what your station is in life, every word you say. Every attitude, everything that comes out of your mouth, people are judging you. They're judging me, and they're making a judgment call. You know what? Is that Jim guy the real deal or not? Is that Bill guy the real deal or not? And, you know, the times when I don't blow it and somebody says something positive, those are the days where I just say, thank you, Jesus. Well, that is, they're judging God based on our behavior. Absolutely. Now, here's something I tell the people, and this quote is attributed to Buck Jacobs with C12. And I remind people this all the time in this younger generation, they don't even understand this, that we live in a microwave world, but we serve a crockpot God. Amen. And most people don't understand what that means, but Amen. listen, we're always running, 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 but it took God. Moses wasn't 80 years old before he got his first job. God takes his time to shape our character. Mm. Bill, as you lead into your show here in a few minutes, talk to me about 
what you're going to talk about today with the American Leprosy Mission. Well, normally this would be a big day that we would be talking about the election, uh, excuse me, the debate last night yes. with the Democrats. We will not be doing that because we have a, a, a greater mission, and that is we have an opportunity to help some kids with leprosy. And uh, coming up in just a moment, we'll have a full two hours of telling the story on how just a one-time contribution of $30 tax-deductible can save a youngster of leprosy. And there's literally thousands upon thousands of kids that need to be saved of this disease. That's what we'll be doing next on The Bill Bunkley Show. Hey, on this birthday coming up this weekend, what kind of cake are you going to have? I don't know. It is... Uh, oh, what's your favorite birthday cake? Oh, it's chocolate on chocolate. But I... I but. I don't know. Well, well I'll, I'll report to you on Monday. Uh, There's but, a lot of hesitation there. Yeah, because because it's um, the big ones. You know that decade when the decades kind of roll around. I won't mm-hmm. tell you which decade. People could probably do the math. But he's but you turning know. forty. There you go. I'm excited about forty. <laughs> bet you are excited about 40. So so you're saying they might give you celery and carrot sticks instead of chocolate on chocolate? Well, I've never been one. Never been a big dry vegetable guy, so that may not be on the. That's the platter. I kind of go the platter to the to the chocolate chip cookies, you know. All right, Bill. Thanks so much for being on. I work for him today. No, I just thank really you. Appreciate God bless it. you and your ministry. All right, we're having a lot of fun today, but thanks so much for tuning in to I work for him. Thanks to our show sponsors, Most Insurance, Crown College, Bel Air Wealth Management, and Trust Services. Hey, when you get home today, would you consider doing this one thing for me? Would you consider going to iworkforhim.com? and clicking on the I Work For Him Nation tab. I'm looking for people to commit to being prayer warriors for those people in their workplace, for people that they work with. I'd like for you to pray for them each and every day by name, your coworkers and your employees. Go out to iworkforhim.com and make that commitment tonight. So what did you learn today about how you can make a difference in your workplace? What did you learn? We learned today that our faith can impact our workplace and that when you have a radio talk show host in the radio studio, they want to always get the last word. Hey, but Bill talked about us being an influencer, and we never know when we're going to be an influencer. We never know when our words or our actions are going to be judged. But people are looking at us as Christ followers, and they expect something different from us. If you're going to say you're a believer in Jesus Christ, people want to look at you and see something different. Because if they see the same thing in you as they see in the world, they're going to think, well, why would I want to be a Jesus follower? Because you look the same as what the world does. But if your behavior, if your behavior looks different, feels different, sounds different, is different, they're going to want to know what's going on inside of you. They're going to want to know, hey, what's going on in your heart? Why are you so different? That's the influence we have the opportunity for in the workplace. Take it seriously. Take it there with you tomorrow. You've been listening to Our Work Room with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him. So-